Hey guys, I want to thank you for stopping in, joining me this evening. I hope everyone is doing well, and I'm looking forward to talking to you today. So I wanted to get with you all, I know it's been a long time since I've put one of these out, but something interesting has happened recently. For those of you who know me, I've been fortunate enough to be able to go to Costa Rica on a mission trip with some, not friends, their family. Um, I'm happy to say that I have a Christian family. I have family at the congregation that I attend. And after this trip, I've realized that my family extends into places I've never been before. You know, that's something that's really interesting. I know that people are always searching for meaning. People are searching for camaraderie and for friendship, fellowship. And I know people who are in fraternities, people who are in sororities, they're in different groups, organizations, things of that sort. And in the end, we're all really looking for the same thing. We're looking for relationships. We're looking for people who we can trust and we can abide in. And it's something that I really appreciate, that being the fact that you can fly 2,000 miles away and live in someone's home for four, five, six days They'll open up their home to you, give you a place to take a shower, to sleep, to eat, to rest, and they'll treat you like one of their own, because even though they don't know you, they love you, and it's just a great feeling. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that Costa Rica trip. You know, it was really an eye-opening experience. I knew it was going to be something special whenever I was preparing to go, I've heard other people talk about the experiences that they had. I've heard them talk about things that have happened on their way, stories of things that kind of caught them off guard, gifts and things that they had been given, and memories that they had made that will last a lifetime and beyond. So I was looking forward to this trip. I was pretty excited to get down there. I was a little apprehensive because those who know me know that uh, vegetables uh, and fruits are really not my strong point, not my strong suit, but uh, of course, I, uh, I think I made it out alive. I did skip three meals, I believe, while I was down there, and you know, that's okay. I don't think, uh, I don't think anybody would have noticed that I missed three meals because I really wasn't much skinnier when I came back than I was before I left. But in the end, I did enjoy the trip. I learned a lot. Hopefully, I shared the gospel to those who needed it. We were uh, very fortunate to be able to meet with many people. I was accompanied by a preacher from Virginia, and he and I had gone door knocking for the week. We had a study, a one-on-one Bible study with a gentleman when we came back on the Thursday afternoon. We had left on Thursday morning, went out in the morning, and on the afternoon when we came back, we saw a gentleman there, and we spoke to him, and he seemed pretty interested in obeying the gospel. He knew that it was something he needed to do, and he said he would be back the next day for a Bible study. Well... The next day came, and lo and behold, he was not there. And you know, I was a little deflated about that. I felt that we had invested some time and that we had made some progress. 
and I was really looking forward to seeing him again and speaking with him and seeing if we could uh, get him a little bit more motivated to to do what he needed to do and to uh, confess those you know the the lifestyle that he was living that it wasn't correct and you know uh, confess that Jesus is Lord and and to be baptized you know and <clears throat> so I was a little upset when he wasn't there that day but we still went out and did door knocking in the afternoon and that evening I was excited to see that he made it for Bible class uh, the in the evenings we have a, a meeting and uh, there's a lesson there essentially a sermon and he was there that evening and I was really happy to see that found out the reason he wasn't there is he had a family member that was sick I believe it was his granddaughter and he wasn't able to be there but he said he was going to be there the next day which would be Saturday morning I believe and so we stayed and we did have a meeting with him and it turned out well I was really excited I'm very pleased to say that that Bible study that Ben and I worked together to uh, to bring to fruition it turned out to be a profitable venture for the Lord uh, he ended up deciding after much study after much discussion he decided that he wanted to be baptized and he finally decided that he needed to do it then so we were able to fill up the baptistry with water and he was able to be baptized for the remission of sins now that's one thing i did want to say really quickly uh there are some congregations out there there are some uh, groups who believe that baptism isn't necessary and i would say you know i am not here to accuse i am not here to condemn that's not my place but from what i've read from what i understand of what the bible says baptism is a necessity let's go to the text really quickly i don't have the bible with me this evening and since i'm recording on my phone i'm not really gonna be able to look it up but if you go to acts chapter 2 acts chapter 2 and look down i believe it is verses 32 through about 40 you can see that during the um during the um, pentecost you had people here this is essentially the first century church this is the beginning of the church you have people who are there who are being told essentially the jews that were there you crucified the son of god jesus came to this earth he lived a life that was free of sin and he walked among us as a man he lived as a man he was tempted he struggled just like we do but he was without sin and they killed him the Jews had taken his life they actually asked for Barabbas instead of Jesus whenever he was offered so that being said when they asked you know what must we do they were told to be baptized to wash away their sins you know the Church of Christ the uh, congregation that I attend and the thinking of those who are of the Church of Christ of faith they take the Bible literally now sure there are some things that are written that are not to be taken literally but if you look and if you logically look at the steps of salvation there are multiple verses and if you would like to speak with me about this I'd love to talk to you 
and speak with you about it, we could reason together. But there are many verses that show to me that there does seem to be this process. Now there, as you can see with those who were there in that audience, the people who were there listening, they went through essentially the same steps that we do. They had to hear the word. They heard the word. They knew what the gospel was. And those of you who also know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he lived a sinless life, that he died a death, he was the sacrifice that fulfilled uh, the sins that were you know, placed in the Old Testament, if you look at all those animal sacrifices, and remember, those animal sacrifices did not uh, forgive sins. All they did was they pushed those sins forward until the perfect sacrifice came, and that was Jesus. So if you know that Jesus is the Son of God, that he was the perfect sacrifice, that he died that death, and if he just died, it would mean nothing. But he died and he rose again, showing that he has the power over death, that death, the grave, could not hold him. Also, you need to believe. You need to hear. You need to believe. Uh, To believe, you need to have faith in what you read. There are things that we cannot see. I can see what God has created. I can see evidence that God is who he says he is. Now we can look at so many things. We can look at our oxygen level. That is just right. We can look at the tilt of the earth, which allows the earth to be inhabited in in so many areas. You know, if it wasn't for the tilt of the earth, you would have a very, very hot equator, and you would have poles that uh, that would extend way down that uh, would just be completely inhabitable. The earth is actually uh, quite a fair place to live as far as the temperature. We are able to adapt with clothing and things of that sort, but without that tilt, it would be much more difficult. There are just so many things. Our blood, if it was too much thicker than it is, your, you know, your heart couldn't pump it. But if it was any thinner, you would bleed out. There's just so many things that seem to work out perfectly. So you have to believe the things that you heard. You need to hear about who Jesus is and what he did for us. We need to believe that he actually did those things. You need to repent of the sins that you have committed. You know, you can't, you take a criminal. You take someone who has been found guilty of a crime and they've been placed in jail. Well, you know, once your time is up, you essentially uh, should have a clean slate. You have paid your dues. You have, you know, done what you needed to do. After that, you are expected to repent. You are expected to turn away from that. When they release you from jail, uh, one of the movies I really like watching is uh, the uh, uh, Shawshank Redemption. And one of the things that they asked Red in that movie is, do you feel that you have been rehabilitated? You know, essentially, are you going to turn your life around? Do you feel sorry for the sin in which you've been living in? Uh, Do you wish to live a better life? Do you wish to do better? Do you wish to not only change, but make a radical change? 180 degrees. You are going the wrong way. You are living a sinful life. Are you willing to die to yourself and to live in Christ? So we have here, believe, repent. You have confession. 
You know, the Bible says that those who confess Jesus in front of their peers, that Jesus will also confess him before our Father which is in heaven. But if we're not willing to confess him, then he is not going to be willing to confess us. So we need to be able to do that. We need to be able to let people know that we do believe Jesus is the Son of God, that he did live as a man, but he also was God in the flesh. You know, God said whenever Jesus was baptized, you know, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, uh, in whom I'm pleased, listen to him. Um, So we need to remember, yes, Jesus was a man. Yes, he lived, but he was also God. And he came here to save us from our sins. Hear, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized. Like I said, the verse in Acts chapter 2 tells us that they needed to arise, be baptized, wash away their sins. Um, There are some people who believe that baptism is not necessary, but there are multiple, multiple verses in the Bible which say that the baptism, that that putting on Christ, that washing of the water, baptizing, being submersed in water, going underneath the water, and dying that death just as Jesus did, symbolically in the water, of course. There's nothing in the water that takes our sins away. It's that we are doing what we have been asked and told to do. Once we do those things, it's still not over. We still need to live righteously. We need to try our best to walk in the light as Jesus is in the light. And that should be our goal as Christians. So I say all that to say this. If you look at that second century, or I'm sorry, the second Acts, that first century church, you can see that they heard the word. You can see that they believed the word. They believed it because they asked what they must do to be saved. Well, they did those two things. They were repenting, or they in that time they were repenting of what they had done because they were trying to remedy it. Then they confessed by Once again, they said that they knew that they were wrong, that they needed to make a change. They realized that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. And whenever they made that confession that they needed to be saved, they needed to turn their life around, they were told to be baptized. So essentially, in that small section of Scripture, Acts 2, 32 through 40, roughly, you can see all the steps of salvation taking place right there. So... I say all that to say this. I was so excited when that gentleman became baptized on Saturday. I was so excited to see him there that Saturday evening for services. I was so excited to see him on Sunday in services. And I was so happy that we had five people who obeyed the gospel. Five. Five people. You know, here in the United States, you can have... You could have a month's worth of meetings and never have somebody come forward and be baptized. And we had five in a week. Now, it wasn't anything that I had done, or Danny, or Alicia, or Ben, or Ryan, or Jerry, or Pat, Kat, any of the people who were there with us. It wasn't what we did. The church there, the congregation there, had been working for a month. And we were fortunate enough to come down and to be able to be there when God gave the increase. You know, a lot of times we get upset when people don't obey the gospel. We get upset that we tell people how they should live their life and we try and help them and and try and walk them through what they need to do to be saved. And we feel so bad when they decide 
not to move forward. You know, we we look in the Bible, you know, almost persuaded. Thou almost persuaded me to become a Christian. How sad would it be to live out your life knowing that you need to do something, knowing that you need to make a change, and to see God's face, and to hear, depart from me, I never knew you. You know, I think that's the thing we talk about, the second death. And can you imagine, that death, that second death, we, as human beings, are not meant to go to hell. We are not meant to be punished for eternity. The Bible tells us that hell was created for the devil and his angels. It was not created for us. But we have the choice as to where we want to go when this life is over. And we must choose correctly. Now, don't get me wrong, folks. I am a sinner. I make so many mistakes, and today I could probably count on more than my ten fingers um, the sins that I committed. It was a rough day today, and I'm doing my best. But, you know, that's one of the things that really scares me, is the fact that if I don't put Jesus first in my life, if I don't focus on doing what's right, then I am also going to be told, depart from me, that I never knew you. And there's nothing that I can think of in this world or any other world that I can imagine as being so scary as to hear the person, the creator, the God who sent his son to die for me, to hear him say that he never knew me. That's, it's, it's as if you were never born. But it's worse, because now you're going to have eternity, which never ends, and you could spend a three million years there, and you're no closer to the end than you were at the beginning, and you have all that time to think about what you could have done, and what you should have done, but yet you didn't. Folks, I just want to say the trip was amazing. I got to meet some amazing people. I got to have a great time with people who loved me, even though they didn't know anything about me. And hopefully, if things go well, Lord willing, I hope to go back again next year. Perhaps I'll know a little bit more Spanish next time. But folks, I just want to tell you, I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. There is none righteous under the sun, no, not one. Jesus was that sacrifice for us. And it's up to us to live our life correctly and to bring him the glory. You know, I've said it before. I said it just a little bit ago, but I'll say it again. Sometimes it gets a little upsetting when you try and bring people to Christ and they decide not to. But it's not our job to convert people to Christianity. It's our job to plant that seed and allow God to give the increase. And on this trip, we we're able to watch that happen. And it's such a blessing. Folks, I would love to talk about the trip to Costa Rica. I'd love to tell you more, and perhaps someday I will. But uh, I didn't want to make this too long. But I did want to get out and just let you all know, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being there. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to do these. And I hope that you forgive the fact that it might be a little noisy. I am in the sleeper of the truck, and it is in the 30s outside. So I am idling and staying warm in here. That being said, thanks for stopping by, guys. And if you have anything that you would like to hear, to hear me talk about or to discuss, 
feel free to drop me a line, send me an email, or give me a call. You guys know how to get a hold of me. Thank you so much, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye now.